Austin. It was so fun getting to spend the summer with you and Chloe and many others from here and from across the country. Though now I'm questioning letting Chloe come with us last summer after so much shade thrown this way. Some night we need to have a roast of Chloe up here after 180, after she's scalped all of us. So, yes, so... Well, y'all, it's great to be back here with you. Uh, I'm Jason. I've been on staff here for quite a while. Uh, married to my wife, Casey. Four kids uh, that are back at home right now. But we're so excited to be here with you. Uh, many of you, faces that we've known, we want to welcome you back. No matter what your break was like, whether it was outstanding or just kind of blah, we're glad you're here. We want to say welcome to so many of you that might be stepping in this room for the first time. Uh, maybe you met with someone in a coffee shop this week to hear more about crew. Uh, maybe a friend invited you along. But we want to let you know we're so excited that you're here. Oh, really, what Kirsten said describes who we are. We want to be this caring community that's helping one another grow in our relationship with God. And despite all kind of the different kind of challenges we might experience, we want to walk together to know Christ more and experience his love. And I'd say really now, more than ever. We need fellowship. We need people in our lives that can point us to the hope that's in Christ. And we hope that you find that here. We're going to give some opportunities if you're new at the end of this meeting to be able to meet a few more people too. But we are just so glad that you're stepping in, uh, taking a step of faith tonight to be in this room. Well, as you look around, we're stepping into 2022. There's probably lots of hopes that people have as they step into this new year. This is the kind of time where if you're in the dining hall, there's a suspicious number of salads being eaten, uh, lack of ice cream on the plates. It's tough to get a workout machine and ping, at least. Maybe it's starting to die down. It's already, you know, like by the end of this week, uh, those lines begin to fade. But there's resolutions. There's a lot of hope. We're excited, especially uh, in light of everything that's gone on. We're excited to put 2021 in the past. And we wish we could, but the background of all that still kind of seeps in to our lives. Just this incredible background that we've experienced, this background of uncertainty, of unknowns. Uh, some of it's just the big general things that have happened over the past year and a half that can just kind of get inside and start to cause us some fears in general. But then, I know if you're like me, there's probably some particular things as you even step back into this semester that might be causing you to be a little anxious to be a little fearful if you're honest, right? Some of you got all those syllabi this first week and you thought it was going to be an easy semester and you're already wishing it was over, wondering how am I going to make it through this? Some of you were at home and home wasn't the best place and there's actually a lot of kind of family difficulty that, that you're not sure how it's going to get resolved. And you, as much as you want to, you can't close the door on some of those things. It might cause you to feel some anxiety for some of you, you're stepping into your last semester here on campus, which is incredibly exciting, but it means there's the weight of these future decisions. So no matter where you're coming in, we have these general fears, but then we have some specific things. And in all those, so many times we just wish, we would just say, God, would you just tell me what to do? Would you just speak to me? Like just this once. Just once, can you in some way, somehow, just say anything to help me? Right? Have you ever said that? Thought that? Well, what I'm excited for over the next few weeks 
is this series we're going to be stepping into. Oh, I forgot my clicker, Jacob. Let me grab it. Uh, I don't know where it went. You're good? Uh, is this series we're going to be stepping into called When God Promises. What I'm so excited about is we're going to be looking at passages of Scripture where God actually speaks to us. And he speaks to us in a particular way, where he promises things to you and to me. Where he gives these declarations and these assurances about who he is and what he'll do in our life. And he wants us to hear them. He wants us to believe them and to receive these things. So if you've ever wanted to hear God speak, it might actually be tonight. Not because I have anything to say, but because what we're going to look at is actually God speaking to you. And I hope that 2022 is a year where we hear God speak to us and particularly hear his promises to us. So we're going to start with a passage in Isaiah. Uh, If you have your Bible, physical Bible with you, open up. It's right in the middle of the Bible. Uh, It's in this period of history before Jesus has come on earth. But it's written to God's people. And it's God's people who are in a time of incredible turbulence. Uh, There's an incredible amount of uncertainty that's coming. There's some life-threatening opposition they're about to encounter. Really, everything they know about their life is about to be flipped into chaos. Sounds a little bit familiar for some of us. But in the midst of this, God sends prophets. Prophets are God's servants who speak God's words to God's people. It's like he gives them specific things to say to his people, and he promises his people things, and these words from the prophets. And for us who are in Christ, who know him, have been called by him, and received his word through faith, these promises are also to us. So I want to read this passage in the book of Isaiah, just a few verses in Isaiah 41, 8 through 10. And I hope you write this down and mark them up, because you're going to want to come back to these after tonight. It starts, and God says, You, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Those are all words for different ways of saying my people. You whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners. Then he says this, this promise, saying to you, saying you are my servant, I've chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Really, we're just going to pay attention to that last part. Verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, before I dive into just a few things that are here in this passage, I want you to just take 15 seconds, maybe write it on the back of a piece of paper in front of you on your phone. As you step into this year, what's the thing that causes you the most fear? I know you probably don't want to think about it, but take like 15, 20 seconds. What's the thing 
that kind of is creating for you the most fear. appreciate you diving into those. I'm sure you'd rather ignore them. We just want to have some fun, hang out together. But this is a reality. These are things that we're going to have to face. And what I love about this passage is there's a simplicity to it. There's two commands, and then there's five principles upon which this command is founded. So there's two commands that are here. The first one is fear not. And the second is be not dismayed. This feels incredibly challenging. God doesn't say, hey, fear just a little bit. He didn't say, well, fear just a little bit of time. As long as you are only fearful like half the time, you're good. He actually says, don't fear at all. There's zero room for fear. There's zero need for fear. And fear is one of those words that's kind of hard to get your mind wrapped around what it is. It's like such a simple word. If you're asked to define fear to someone else, you'd be like, I don't know. I just know what it is. And that's why I love that second phrase helps. Be not dismayed. There's this picture of distress. It's like if you've ever seen like an animal kind of frightened in a corner and their eyes are darting back and forth trying to figure out where safety is. That's what fear is. Trying to figure out where can I be safe? Where can I run? Where can I hide? And God says there's no need for that in our life, which I find incredible. That seems almost impossible But God has actually made you and I to not fear. It's not part of the original design for you and I. Fear was never meant to be part of our lives. And by God's grace, when we're with him in heaven, fear will be no more. Fear only came into our lives when we broke relationship with God. And since that very moment, fear has crept in and fear steals the joy out of our life, right? It disrupts all this peace, all this joy, all this love we're supposed to experience in our relationship with God and our relationship with others. It comes in and it begins to rot it out from the core. And fear is more than just a feeling. We feel it, but it actually is an incredible influence in our lives. How many of us have made decisions not based off of what we know is true or what we know is good or what we know is healthy, but because of fear, Right? We've all made decisions. It has an influence on us. And here God says we're not supposed to fear. And I know for some of you in this room, you're just made that fear is kind of rare in your life. Praise God for that. I would store this passage up because you're certainly going to come across some things in your life. that are going to be temptations to fear. For a lot of us in this room, fear is a little bit more regular, right? It's not an every moment thing, but Pretty often it comes up. You know, you're the person that uh, would say, man, I'm pretty, like, the fear comes from littler things where it's like, oh, man, I totally failed that test. Where you, really, you actually got to be on it, but the way you talk about it is, I'm going to fail out of college after I walk out of that test, right? Or you're like, oh, I got a cough and a cold. I think I might have cancer. Like, some of us have some regular fears where a small thing turns into a big thing. We wonder where money is going to come from, where relationships are going to come from. 
That's probably a lot of us. But then honestly, there's probably some of us in this room that fear is not just regular, it's a constant. Like, you're the person that if things are going well, you're afraid because things are going well, because if things are going well, that means something's wrong, so you should be afraid because there's nothing to be afraid of, right? And you run around in circles. And that's probably becoming more and more, the, more common. But God has made us not to have fear. And these next five reasons, so uh, you want to go to the next slide there? These are the two commands. He gives us five reasons why we shouldn't be afraid. These are declarations, assurances, promises about where God is, who God is, and what God does. So the, uh, if you want to go to the next one, he tells us these five things. God says, I am with you. Here's why you shouldn't be fearful. I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. And just pause for a moment. For all of us that have ever wanted God to speak to us, could it ever be more clear than what this is right here? This isn't just a third-person statement saying, God will be with us. This is God himself speaking, not just to his people two or 3,000 years ago. That's not what just this word is. It was written originally then. It's printed now in my Bible right here. But we know God is alive, he's living, he's active, he's in this room with us. And when we read these words from this page, it is just as true right now to you and me as it was these 3,000 years ago. It's as if God is standing here and saying to you these five things. He's asking you to believe him. The first thing he says is, I will be with you. So the question is, why would God need to tell us he's with us? Well, I think about what happens when I don't believe God is with me. What happens when fear causes me to believe that God is not near and God is not here? What happens when fear causes me to believe that God is not near and God is not here? Well, when I don't think God is around, when I don't think he's present, I do two almost contradictory things. But one is I get really anxious. Because I begin to look at all the circumstances of my life and I feel out of control. And so I get anxious and I get fearful. But then I also do another thing where I go into this self-reliance mode. Because it's like if God is not here to take care of it, somebody's got to take care of it and it's going to be me. And for a little bit of time, I can fool myself into thinking that will work. But then I realize, you know what? The amount of things that I can actually control is really small. So that just leads back into anxiety, which leads into the self-reliance. And more anxiety, more self-reliance until it's like, I'm just a mess. So that's why God says, I'm here. I am with you. Because if we know God is here, and we know God is near, we begin to have a boldness. A boldness to live by faith because we know who he is, which is in this second part. He says, I am your God. The person who's making these promises to us, it's not just you and me in this room. It's not just a parent. It's not just a friend. It is the God of the universe, which if we could read the whole book of Isaiah, we'd see pictures where God says, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. 
He says, you want to know how this world got here? Well, I did it. You want to know how everything's going to end? Well, I know, because I designed it. You, don't want, you want to know what all like, the planets of the world look like? Well, it's almost like I could hold them in the palm of my hand because they're so small to me because I made them. That's the God that's speaking to us. And it's not just any God, it's your and I's God. It's our God. He says he is with us. And if God is making these promises, we better believe them. Because one of the worst things I know in my life, um, one of the most hurtful statements. I could probably put up with, I don't really like you, I disagree with you, but if someone were to say, I don't believe you, or I don't trust you, especially in a relationship with someone I know, that's something I would lay up at night thinking about. Because it says something about who I am that the person wouldn't believe me and wouldn't trust me. When you and I give in to fear, we are telling the God of the universe who's designed every part of who we are and every part of the entire universe, we say, you know, I don't trust you. I don't actually believe you. The one being that we should ever trust, we're very prone to not trust. But that's why God makes us this promise. He says, I'm with you. I am your God. Then he says the three things that he'll do. He says he'll strengthen us, he'll help us, and he will uphold us. When I think of strength, I need it when I'm tired and when I'm weak. When I feel like I don't have it in me, I need strengthened. When when I'm overwhelmed and I don't know what to do and I feel like I don't have the resources, that's when I need help. And when I'm facing opposition, where I feel like I'm about to fall, when I feel threatened, that's when I need someone strong to hold me up and keep me going. And those three words, they presume there's opposition in our life. And we already talked about some of those things. There's those big picture circumstances. There's the particular circumstances in our life. But I want to mention one other place where I think this promise is particularly relevant. And that's you and I, We have a war going on that's more real than anything you read about in the news or anything you see. There's there's an invisible and yet real war that has greater consequences than anything we've ever read about in history. And it's this ongoing war between God, God's people, and Satan who leads us to sin. That you and I, in our daily lives, have opposition that threatens us and doesn't want to just steal some of our life, something that wants to steal our eternal joy and happiness we have with Christ. And that's where we need these promises. Because as you step into this semester, many of those same temptations will come back. I don't know what those look like for you. It might be the temptations to throw yourself into an unhealthy relationship because you just need someone there to be with you. It might be those temptations to do all those things that you know uh, don't bring life and don't bring joy, but you know at least temporarily there's going to be something there for you. There's going to be all those temptations when you're behind closed doors. All those things are going to be real. But that is the opposition that God speaks into. And he says to you tonight, 
I promise you, I'm with you. And because I'm with you, you don't need any of these other things. I'm your God. I have control. The rest of the passage talks about uh, God is saying, if you were in the middle of a desert and you needed water, I could give you pools, rivers gushing with water. If you're in the middle uh, of a desert burning with heat, I could uh, cause trees, whole forests to grow up in a minute because I am God. He's the one that's saying to you, he'll be with you. And when you're tempted, he said, I'll strengthen you. When you're overwhelmed, he says, I'll help you. When you feel like you're about ready to fall, he says, I, with my hand, will hold you up in the face of the greatest temptation. So my challenge to you, as you think through this passage in this semester, and even that fear you mentioned is, what part of this promise do you most need to hear? Maybe if you're willing to, real quick, with someone next to you, there's those five things that God says. As you seek to walk with the Lord this year, which of those five things right now do you most need to believe? Which of these five things, if you could just reach inside your heart and your mind and say, I will just believe that, which of those feels like the most relevant for you? So just take like 20, 30 seconds apiece and share with a neighbor which of those feels most relevant. All right, I'm going to pull us back together. I think it'd be great if you want to talk more about that. I think these are great things to talk about. But I want to conclude with a few different things. One, know where this verse is. Because almost nowhere else in Scripture is it so clear that God is speaking to us. Maybe even memorize it. Commit this verse to memory, but at least know where it's at. Write it on your phone, write it on a piece of paper, underline it in your Bible, whatever you have to do. Know where it's at. And begin to bring some of those fears to the Lord, knowing that he makes this promise to you. And God, the God of the universe who has come to us in Christ, he's never going to say something that's not true. He's never, never going to tell us something that won't come true. We can believe him. And not only can we believe him, we know that he has the power to do all the things that he said he'll do. And he's good. So he will do all these things. So I'm going to pray for you in a minute. But what I want you to do as we close, because I actually want you to close your eyes. Think about kind of those different things going on in your heart. 
different fears you might have, the opposition you might be facing, the sin that's kind of lurking. And I'm just going to read this passage, which is God's word to you. And I want you to listen and say, God, I want to hear from you. I don't want to just hear from Jason. I don't want to just hear words in the air. God, I actually want to hear you speaking to me. So this is God, the God of the universe speaking to you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let me pray for you. Lord, would we hear your word to us, your promise which is more sure than anything that's ever been said or written. Would we believe your word to us tonight? And we, would we live in light of the promise that you give us? We pray for ears to hear, hearts and minds to believe, and wills to act knowing that this is true. We pray all this in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180